0: Well, that is a powerful song. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Chrissy. And thank you, folks, for joining. I know Bob said he's having trouble getting on. Maybe the ice in some of your areas could be causing you some problems. We had a little bit of problem getting on ourselves. So be patient. Just uh, get off and try to get back on. And, and we're still live. We'll be live here for a little while here. So also, you can remember you can watch it later as it's going to be on Facebook. So but um Yeah, what a powerful song we've learned. I hope that you learned something in 2020. We sure all learned patience and um, faith for sure. Last year we had several series uh, dealing with uh, faith in a famine and patience, praise in a pandemic, you know. But um, here we are. Uh, We survived, we made it, we made it through it all and we're thankful. And one of the reasons we did is because we stayed together and we prayed together. And I guess that was on my heart as we started this year. Uh, We're going to make it Oak Grove. We're going to be all right because we are going to trust the Lord all the way. And so uh, don't forget next week, you know, I did uh, give some announcements while some of you were coming on, but we will give you the prayer guides. It takes us through the whole week. If you, uh, If you went to ag.org, you can also find that prayer guide, but we made it specific for Oak Grove. And next Sunday night, 10th, we're going to have a prayer meeting. It's going to be a powerful time in the presence of the Lord. We'll go through that prayer guide. We have different people praying together. Because I love what David said, Behold how good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity. So we're going to be talking about that topic starting today. I believe there's power when the church prays together. And um, I want to open statement, opening statement. If you if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 21. But let me make this statement. And um, please, you can make some comments. But uh, I want to dialogue just a little bit with you. And if you want to respond by commenting, uh, some of the questions are things that I'll talk to you about. At least we can know you're connected with us and engaged in listening. So, <coughs> Excuse me. Listen to this. God has sovereignly ordained the corporate prayer, uh, praying of a church, and when we engage together, His mighty power increases exponentially. I think that's um, that's exciting to me. I think as we start this year off, it's it's uh, it's it's a purpose for a pastor to bring this this series together because we want God's powerful manifestations in our church. In the presence of the Lord, that's what changes lives. So transformation and transforming power through prayer. And uh, unfortunately, prayer is, is one of the, you know, the things that many many churches are struggling with, getting God's people to pray, especially praying together. So when the church prays, something happens. So when we work, we work. Remember that statement I've made it in the past. When we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. And that's uh, that's what we want to see, the power of God manifested. So so um we want to pray for you. If you uh if you have prayer requests, we're gonna pray at the end of the sermon, but you can jot them down in the comment box. Pastor Taylor is going to be uh writing them down as I am uh talking to you today. But uh do you think there's a valuable, uh, asset in praying together? I'm, I'm not, I'm certainly don't want to devalue individual praying. So from the outset of the series, I'm not trying to devalue individual prayer. There's power in praying any kind of way you pray, but our thoughts are going to be geared toward praying together as a body and, um, body ministry. There's, there's something I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for being part of the church. And specifically Oak Grove Assembly of God. We love you as a family. We pray with you. We know that you prayed for us this year. We've, we've had a rough year too. Lots of loss. All of us have gone through different things. But, um, but my aim is first to persuade you from the word of God and from church history about the priority of corporate prayer. So you'll never view prayer meeting the same again, right? You know, uh, it's, it's, it's important. It's very important. And uh, we have to prioritize corporate prayer. Secondly, my aim and in, in, in my prayer is that you will determine to take one step forward in the new year to participate, to ask God for confidence. The Holy spirit would give you confidence in prayer, not just as an individual, but with other believers. You know, sometimes personality comes into play. Some people are shy, introverted, afraid maybe to express themselves, but, uh, Hopefully through this series, uh, when we gather together, we gather together with purpose, and that purpose is to see God's manifest power and His presence in our services. And I thank God for every church. I thank for for any church, but the church that's praying together is the one that is seeing the power of God manifested, and it's happening around the world. So I think sometimes in America we miss, you know, because because we maybe have haven't prioritized prayer, but um, what, do you, what do you think? Why aren't people praying together as much as they maybe at one time did? Is it the is it the culture? Are we too busy? Jot down some things that uh, that maybe why you think it's it should be a priority as we go throughout, and and maybe through some of your comments we can try to answer some some of those questions during the series. It's going to be a great time of the Lord. So, um, why am I talking about this topic? Um, I I just think it's it's important for corporate prayer. I think it's on prayer. It's on par with preaching. It's it's teaching about the the New Testament and how the New Testament puts a priority on on healthy prayer. Uh, a praying church is a healthy church. So so, can you think of some scriptures? Uh, that maybe uh, emphasize corporate prayer? Do you know some places in the Bible? Maybe you can jot them down in the comments below that you recall uh, the whole body coming together, maybe all of Israel coming together in sacred assemblies, uh, gatherings of prayer, way back from the time of Moses. And so jot them down, and we'll look at them, and and, uh, may spur us on to, to great conversations. It's a vital key to opening the presence of the Lord and the and working of God among his people. God works in unique ways, and it's sovereign, and it's powerful, and it's very exciting. So the tendency among believers today is uh, even those in leadership positions is they think prayer gatherings uh, is just extracurricular activity, like uh, it's just optional with the life of the church. But I'm here to tell you. 2021 needs to be the year of prioritizing gatherings of prayer and worship uh, with purpose of seeing God move. And I know that you all want that as well. So, some people think it's good to have prayer meetings, but not important to join them. But I hope that changes. Uh, we don't want to briefly tack a meeting on before church or after church, or um, we want to we want to. Uh, you know, some people say, well, well, we'll just pray before service, then we'll really get down to business. But can I tell you that prayer is really getting down to business? I think that everything that happens during the service is a result of what happens in the prayer meetings and, so, uh, and, and in the marketplace. So, so prayer to me is not just an extra activity. Um, and so a growing number of believers today are, are acting as though prayer is optional, secondary. But we want to make this series primary. So I'm on a mission. I want to convince you that God is sovereignly ordained the corporate prayer meeting. Amen. His purpose is to accelerate uh, the moving of the Spirit when we pray. And um, I told you already, it's not to minimize personal prayer. We want you to keep on keeping your daily devotional, your personal prayer time, personal edification of the Holy Spirit. But what happens when God's people pray? Together, and uh, I, I just look for spiritual transformation in our lives, in our church, in our city, in our nation. And uh, I want to give you some proof today from the Word of God, even in world history, right? To uh, to to uh, see the desperate need for believers to come to, together in prayer. So, look. Let, let's look in the Scriptures and uh, find some some proofs. Stir our hearts. Praying churches uh, are used of God to change the world. Isn't that something? We play a vital part in the world transformation. So, so here's something I want to share with you. First of all, it's praying together was modeled and practiced by Jesus himself. And you can look in places in the gospel. Maybe you want to take a look in your later study or after a series uh, sermon today is over. Take a look through the Gospels. Find out if there's any prayer meetings. I'll be bringing some of that together to you. But the apostles learned their leadership patterns of prayer after the Master. Jesus is the Master Communicator, and many times his focus was vertical. He was talking to God individually on the mountainside, right? He came apart for times and seasons of prayer. And so you can look through the Gospels and search for areas and places where Jesus is practicing and also teaching prayer, you will identify 37 verses, sometimes repeated in other Gospels. But of those 37 instances where Jesus refers to prayer, 33 of them are addressed in the plural uh, rather than the singular. So so in other words, he's speaking to a, a group of people and uh, encouraging groups to pray together. So, <coughs> excuse me, we're still getting through all of this, but... His instructions uh, lean toward praying with others, not just praying in private. So uh, Matthew 18:19, you might jot this down. Jesus deliberately emphasizes the significance of praying together. Well, listen to this. Again, I assure you, if two of you on earth agree about any matter that you pray for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. You remember that scripture we quoted all the time. Jesus could have said, if anyone asked, instead, he deliberately chose to emphasize a group gathering of prayer. So more than uh, one person praying, it's a design of God for God's people to come together in unity and prayer. And uh, he can uniquely move and powerfully move individually and corporately. But the apostles made it a practice and priority to teach about praying with other believers and practice it because they had heard and seen Jesus emphasize the same thing. That's important. And you remember, uh, as Jesus was being uh, ascended into heaven, 500 gathered on the sh- on the shores of Galilee, and he gave his great commission. So i got to ask you, is prayer corporately a commission? Is there a mandate in the Bible? I want you to think about that. Answer yay or nay or whatever you want to say on, on the comment box, but... Your thoughts and your opinions would be great. But um, but I, I just see several instances in the New Testament as well as the Old. Uh, the one I want to talk about today specifically and in, in the message today is in Matthew 21, 13. And um, I'll start reading verse 12. It says, Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. Uh, that was nothing new. They did that every day. It was just a market. Place It was something that they did uh, in the institution of the church or the synagogue or the temple where people of God would bring sacrifices to the Lord and honor the Lord. Prayer was going up. Incense was going up in the presence of the Lord in the temple. But on this day, uh, Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons or doves. Right? Look at verse 13. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you made it a den of robbers. And verse 14, The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Verse 15 said the religious leaders weren't too happy about it. Uh, The chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple. I love that. I love to hear children praying. In the house of the Lord. So stop right there to let you know that youth can pray. Children can pray. This is not just something for adults, right? But um, they heard the children cry out, Hosanna to the Son of God. They were indignant. The chief priests and the scribes were indignant. They were angry. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said, Yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and infants uh, you have prepared praise? God Um, God give us people who have enough sense as children to know the power of prayer, right? And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. I wonder where he was going. He was gathering there probably with Mary and Martha, Lazarus, as Jesus loved to gather together with friends. And and that's what I think the church is. I don't think it's a religious experience. I think it's... uh, it's an activity uh, of prayer. is is getting into communion with God, and we can do that personally, and we can do that corporately. So, so um, you you know what? If if you if you want to do one thing this year, throughout this series, one thing, let's prioritize praying together, right? So the church's chief chief strategy should always be prayer. You know, it seems like that seems to be a, a last resort. Oh, let's pray. But I think it should be a first priority. And if our chief struggles and, and adverse adversity is spiritual, right, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, then our chief strategy should also be spiritual. We should come to God uh, together to meet uh, needs, pray one for another, uh, be there one for another. And so several things in our text today, the call of Jesus to pray together. And um, we have several important purposes as a church, Uh, a place of worship, right? That's one of our primary goals is to worship. Uh, Evangelism, prayer, teaching, discipleship, fellowship, ministry, evangelism, missions. All of those things are vital. But out of all these biblical practical purposes, Jesus chose one to speak about when he went to the temple On the day that we have here in Matthew 21, my house, of all the things that can be called, my house should be called the house of prayer. So I see a priority there. Jesus focused on prayer and all that the church is supposed to be. Jesus said that the church is to be a place of prayer. And so the challenge of the church is to be um, a people of God, prophetic, spirit-filled people of God coming together to see what God wants to do in our midst, to watch God move. And uh, it still faces us today. Churches are powerless because they're prayerless. And I think that we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come together. And uh, I want you to become a person of prayer. I want you to do your part in helping Oak Grove become a house of prayer. Any measurement of a church and disciple must include how we're doing in this area. So the context for Jesus calling us to prayer in Matthew 21, as uh, he's displeased when he walks into the temple, what what is making the Lord angry? Think about that. Jot it down. What do you think made the Lord so angry that he uh, turned over tables, pulled out the whip and just really gave it to the people, even the priests and the scribes and the Uh, religious leaders so um, uh, many times I've heard people say he's displeased with the buying and selling in the temple but that was just an average thing it was quite common throughout all Judea and uh, and that's that's just what happened in the temple area but more than buying and selling the goods Jesus was displeased with the manner in which they exchanged the goods uh, and, and the people that was involved. So so I want to share with you, people were being cheated, okay? Greed, money-hungry leaders were taking advantage of God's people. Here's what happened. If a person came to the temple to offer a sacrifice to the Lord, they would bring a turtle dove, right? Or they would bring a, a, a lamb, uh, depending on what the sacrifice was, a thank offering or a sin offering, whatever the case might be. And the leaders in the marketplace there that took those in the temple, many times the priests, they would, um, unfortunately, in this case, Jesus was upset because they would take, they would say to them, that lamb is blemished or that is not a good enough sacrifice. Can I just say, oh, we will never turn someone's sacrifice away, not ever. You bring a sacrifice to the Lord, and you give effort in in your service to God, we will salute you and praise God for you. Not what was happening. That's why Jesus was so upset, folks. He was not happy. And uh, because people who intended to bring a sacrifice to the Lord's house, well-meaning worshipers had come to give their offering, but some were using this as an opportunity to cheat, steal. And so they wouldn't take their offering. They would make them buy the offering from them and thereby making money off of God's people. Uh, And then they can make their sacrifice. Can I just tell you a challenge right here? Don't let anyone ever steal your sacrifice. Never let anybody steal your worship. Even through 2020, we had the pandemic, but we never lost our value. We never lost our purpose. We never lost our priority. We continue to offer the Lord a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And so that's really the source of the anger of the Lord. He was was very upset. God's house was being used for purposes never intended. God never intended his house to be a place for people to be cheated, undermined, devalued, oppressed. Anytime you oppress the poor, you aggravate the Lord and the spirit of God is not happy. So they were told their sacrifice was not acceptable and all they must buy from them. And the change that occurred uh, would follow. That's when the church, uh, Jesus said has become a, a den of thieves, something it wasn't intended to be. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. It's a place of power. When you bring your prayers to the Lord in the house of God together now uh, it becomes a place of power, because look in, in the text. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Oh Grove, we want to be a place, a praying place, a haven of rest, a hospital for the hurting, if you please. When somebody comes in, we ought to be praying. We ought to have a prayer line where we can pray together. You know, there's a lot of churches today are dismissing the altars altogether. There's no place for people to get a healing. And they can do they can do all kinds of religious activity. But if a sick person comes, if a hurting person comes to Oak Grove Assembly and they walk out the same as they came, we never gave them an opportunity to meet with Jesus. And that's our goal is to become a whole house of prayer where people can be made whole and healed. Secondly, the church becomes a place of praise. When God does show out his power, the people of God begin to pray. And praise becomes the, the, um, the result of seeing the Lord's presence and the manifest power of God. And people start to break out in spontaneous praise, not praise that's just uh, manufactured or singing a song and going on, but, uh, but praise that is from the heart as Hebrews says, sacrifice of praise. No longer do we bring bulls and goats and slice their throat, put them on the altar, tie them to the horn to the altar. Now we bring our praise. So when you have corporate prayer, it leads to power of God, which leads to the praise of God's people. And uh, in Acts 2, it tells us that they were there was a sense of awe when we begin to see the power of God, praise is going to follow. Every time you see the corporate church coming together in prayer, Awe and wonder and praise is result because God does so many miraculous things. So in summary, notice the progression. Prayer, power, and praise. It's just that simple, folks. I don't want to just make this seem uh, too minimal, uh, too, too downsized, but we certainly don't want to complicate prayer. It is communicating to God, and God is showing up uh, because he sees that we truly do depend upon his word. We trust his promises. We believe in the best. And Oak Grove, I believe 2021 is going to be the year of the favor of the Lord as we come together in corporate prayer. So, the presence of the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you why Jesus was very angry. I'm, I'm done with this text and don't want to bore you today, but I got to tell you uh, whenever the people, uh, the religious leaders, uh, took the other doves. They were hiding doves in the back. You know, I think that the church today has done such a thing as hiding the Holy Spirit in a back room, hiding the presence of God from the people of God, hiding what uh, what would bring the opening and the manifest despre- manifest presence of the Lord. And that's why Jesus was angry, oh Grove, because they they did not give them. The presence of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, the thing that excites me the most about praise and worship and preaching and prayer at Oak Grove Assembly is the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit, who's manifest every Sunday in our services. If you're just coming to us online for the first time, you need to know the Oak Grove is a praying church. And when the church comes together in prayer, the presence of the Lord moves in and the power of God shows up. And that's when we begin to praise the Lord for his mighty acts. And so in in this year, 2021, uh, we're not going to make the Lord angry at all. We're not going to deprive God's people of the Holy Spirit's presence. No, the doves are freely there for you to take advantage of the Holy Spirit. We can't guarantee the same results that they had, but we can guarantee how not to have these results, right? If we don't pray, we will not see the moving of the Spirit. You quit prioritizing prayer, and we'll never see revival. So we can't uh, guarantee revival, but we can guarantee why revival is not going to come. Because if we cease praying, if we give up praying together, if we lose hope in such a culture that we live in, the world is really in a bad way, and people are giving up hope, uh we certainly won't see revival that we are looking for. G. Campbell Morgan, a preacher of another generation, said revival cannot be organized, but we can set ourselves to catch the wind from heaven when God chooses to blow the breath of God upon his people once again. Oh Gro, I'm very excited. I'm looking forward in anticipation of all that God's going to do. So let me ask you uh what makes us a house of prayer? What do you think is going to make Old Grove a house of prayer in 2021? I don't want to spend a long time on the caution, but I I do want to call your attention. Uh, When the order of the temple was restored, Jesus restored the temple. They were taking advantage of poor people. And uh, there were some that didn't like it. uh, Religious people do not like it when they don't have control. And I got to tell you, if we're going to have the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit, we have to lose this idea of controlling everything. And there are some ser- services today and churches today, they organize themselves right out of the power of God. They, so, everything's so timed into 30 seconds and one minute and everything's done so perfectly that uh, it's, it's, it's orchestrated so well, it's orchestrated the power of God right out of the house of God. So old grove, we don't want to do we want to do everything excellent but we don't want to ever deprive the moving of the spirit in our church and I know you I know you understand all of that but they made some people mad there were some people who didn't like it and I pray uh, that old grove would all be in one mind I intend to lead you in the next few months and years to pray in such a way to make the devil mad right <laughs> let's be ready for that that's just, just a caution today. In 2021, Pastor Taylor, we are going to make the devil mad because we're going to pray together. It's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome to watch what God does. But people are going to be saved, and that's going to make the devil mad, right? He won't like that at all. People are going to get free from addictions, and the enemy won't like that. People are going to be saved and uh, and healed. Marriages are going to be restored. Satan hates all of those activities, but people are going to repent of sin, and the devil won't like it. If you're walking in sin, walking away from God, you knew better one time, the house of God is a house of prayer. We can pray together for you. Man, I tell you, as as a new believer, when I first got saved, I loved it when I'd go to the altar and the people of God would surround me. I felt so loved. I felt so encouraged you know, that people would uh, be be there for me as I know the Lord's always there. But there's something about corporate prayer. So that's the specific challenge. How we're going to do that in this study is uh, we're going to simplify the matter here. We're going to go to the New Testament. He's going to instruct us uh, as we pray all the time about everything and for everybody. And uh, does that seem impossible to you? So it seems like a big task, but t- definitely not impossible. Uh, so I want to ask you a very practical question. Are you going to be involved this year in prayer at Old Grove, praying together? You say, Pastor, I'm just not very much. I I, I need I, I lack so much in this area. So here's your challenge today. Start here. Start where you are. Don't beat yourself up. Don't try to... to uh, put a guilt trip on you this certainly series is certainly not to make you feel guilty but thank you taylor giving me giving me some prayer requests we're going to pray for you but but um we're here to help you and make oak grove a house of prayer so let me close with this before we pray uh, it's called a pray anyway i love this i want to read it to you if you want we can get you a copy for it next week but i thought it was powerful it's called pray anyway when you don't know how to pray pray anyway. For ignorance is no excuse. When you don't feel like praying, pray anyway, because depression is no excuse. When dullness sits on you like a vulture and you can't muster enough enthusiasm to change the channel, much less pray, pray anyway, because boredom is no excuse. When you see no need to pray and no reason to intercede for those around you, recognize it as a sign of impending danger caution right and pray anyway because blindness is no excuse for lack of prayer when you've grown spiritually lazy and feel like you never be able to pick up your Bible and read it again the way you did pray anyway laziness is no excuse when you don't understand what the big deal is about prayer and you think it's overrated because it never did you much good pray anyway because immaturity is no excuse. And when you're too tired to remember your own name and you know God will understand if you don't pray, pray anyway because, listen, fatigue is no excuse for lack of prayer. So I thought that was a powerful hope you remember to pray anyway. Even if you don't feel like you're getting any answers back or anything uh, through to God, if you're embarrassed, to be back before God. Listen, this is a big one. It hinders people praying. Confess sin to God. The sins uh, uh, being admitted in the same uh, way. Failures being admitted. Coming on and praying. Pray anyway because shame is no excuse. God ready to forgive you. If you're ready to repent. When you've been unfaithful and you know it's a burden and guilt is on you and you, make, you try to run under a rock and hide, and all of us have been there, just pray anyway because sin is no excuse. So the enemy's always there with a nagging voice to tell you a thousand reasons why we shouldn't pray, and to tell you that the prayer meeting is optional. It's secondary. Pastor is here to tell you it's primary at Grove Assembly, and we're going to hit this hard for the next few weeks. And... Uh, God has everything to do with you. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy and tell you God has nothing to do with you. Pray anyway, right? Because unbelief is not an excuse. So every week we're going to have a church-wide prayer emphasis of uh, the next four weeks. And um, our central prayer this week is Oak Grove coming together in prayer. It is Mission Sunday. You can start praying for missionaries, right? Uh, you can start praying for revival every time you pray. Uh, Praying for a new year. And then on the 10th, we have a prayer night. This is our specific challenge for you as we close out. Uh, Unlike most revivals where where the guest evangelist comes in and preaches, uh, we're inviting different people in the congregation to help us pray next week. It's going to be a powerful prayer meeting Sunday night. And I'm asking you to prioritize this date on the calendar. That is January 10th. Be there that night. Let's have a prayer meeting. Let's have a revival. And, uh, and then, of course, finally, the personal prayer commitment. In the coming weeks, we'll be uh, unveiling week by week personal prayer activities. And uh, you can catch your attention and help you with devotionals that I've already written out for you, Miss Christie's put together. And it'll be an awesome time for you to help curb that growing in the Lord and growing in your faith. We can pray all we want to, but if we don't have faith, prayer without faith is really not going to really – so faith will be part of that as well. And uh, our focus focus from now until December uh, of 2021 will be prayer, praying together. And we're never going to be the same again. So prayer is going to bring greater awareness of the glory of God. We're going to shake the place for Jesus, right? It's going to bring greater boldness for us to tell the story, uh, the great gospel message. And um, next week, I'm going to bring the message to you from the book of Acts, chapter four, where the church prayed together. You read that in this week and get ready for next Sunday. It's going to be a powerful time. And um, and then finally, togetherness on the journey as a church. So I'm sure, you know. Uh, The trite saying, right? We've all heard it. The family that prays together stays together, right? It's amazing, though, how true it is. I'm hoping that marriages, couples are starting to pray together. Families are having a prayer altar. Churches are coming together in prayer. And uh, it's hard to be at odds with a person when you're praying with them. And that's why I love the unity of Oak Grove Assembly. So you can't be in prayer partnership with somebody until you're in relationship with God And then with each other. So, be with us next week. It's going to be a great time. Um, We we uh, want to talk to you uh, about some needs that we have. And we're going to close in prayer together. And maybe Taylor come back and pray and play a bit. But uh, uh, the questions uh, that came up online, some of you asked, was, uh, will the week of prayer info going to be online? And Ms. Chrissy, can we put that online? Is it possible? Or, I yeah, I think we could put the prayer guide online, but I told you you can go to ag.org. Uh, It'll be on the AG website as well, the same thing. We're we're agreeing and partnering with the AG. So ag.org or ogroveag.org. We'll try to put some things online too. Some of the prayer requests, uh, Sabrina uh, Alderman. Ackerman. Right? Ackerman. Adamant. Ackerman. Uh, Ackerman, I'm sorry, works at uh, Cox. It says people with COVID need prayer. A lot of people in our community struggling. And uh, and so we want to ask, and maybe you have some, Christian mm-hmm. too. Looks like um, Sister Marilyn Larry's sister's in ICU. And Brother Cole mentioned missionary Don Triplett, who had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, I saw that online, Brother Cole. And uh, Marilyn, would will certainly be praying for your sister. Uh, others of you might have mentioned um, some gave some praises. June Dennis says thank you for all that are praying for her she broke her arm, she's getting better praise the Lord, Sister June Betty Williford appreciates Oak Grove uh, having altars thank you Betty we, uh, we must have a place for people to come and make things right with God and as we close together and pray together today maybe you feel like you've been under guilt, condemnation because maybe you don't pray enough. I tell you what, Satan's always playing head games with God's people, always trying to put a guilt, and uh, and that's why at the beginning of this year we're emphasizing power, prayer, priority of prayer, and growth, so that our people can gain confidence in the presence of the Lord. I want to be able to pray to the Lord in church, just like I am right now, talking to you. Just casual, you know, doesn't it's not something ritualistic, not something you have to rehearse. It's just sharing your heart with God's people, sharing your heart with the Lord. And God hears and answers prayer. For those of you walking in willful disobedience to God, that's the prayer the Lord does not answer. You know, it's 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 one thing to ask God, you know, with a pure heart to forgive you and then he will that's the first prayer he will answer i promise you that he will redeem you quicker than you can even think but to live in, diff, in in distance with god and in willful disobedience to god and then ask him for something and and think that he's going to answer that i mean that's just insane it's just as bad as uh, james says when you're praying and you're praying amiss or praying with the wrong motive god knows your heart so today as we close in prayer, if you sincerely trust the Lord to be your Savior, He will come in. Remember Revelation 3:20? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, right? I will open the door, I will come into him and sup with him. That's what God wants. He wants that for you personally. He wants that for us as a church corporately. And I'm looking forward seeing God do great things. Let's pray together and ask God to minister to these needs that were mentioned, others that maybe didn't mention it. But if you have on your mind some things you're thinking about, praying about, let's close together in prayer. Let 2021 be the year of the favor of the Lord. Father, right now I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for uh, for Sabrina and Lord and all the people that are working on the front lines. Lord, COVID uh, has been such an issue and the increase even in January, December was the highest month ever. And I just pray God for those who lost loved ones due to COVID, those who are struggling even now, sick with COVID. I pray for them. I pray for our frontline workers that you would protect and keep them. I thank you then Lord, you touch Marilyn and her sister today and uh, and, Lord, that, that Betty Williford, uh, thank you, Lord, that she has a place. Oh, God, is her house of prayer. And that's our hope. That's our goal, Lord. And June Dennis says thank you, Lord, to all of, all the people praying. We love you, June. We thank you, God, for touching her arm and many others that are facing struggles. 2020 was a rough year. But 2021, we're going to make it a matter of prayer, priority that we're going to make the house of God the house of prayer. Lord, don't let us keep anyone away. And may we come with expectant faith to watch you do the miraculous in our midst. We look forward to hearing the testimonies of the power of God. This mission Sunday, Lord, we do pray for our missionaries around the world. We ask that you supply financially and spiritually for all your people. And we become the prophetic praying people of God, so we can see the last days revival. Oh, Grove, we love you. We thank you for joining us today. I hope you have a great day. Remember, we don't have services tonight, and so stay safe. Don't get out in this if you don't have to. And uh, may the Lord bless you, keep you. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Chrissy. And thank you, Oh Grove. See you next Sunday. Don't forget prayer meeting next Sunday night.